So I'm Suzanne Sanderson, and I'm on staff in Children and Family Ministry. It's been a really long time, uh, which is crazy. We were just talking about, Julie said when she was at the Nest, most of the moms were in high school, and I'm like, it's true. I haven't even thought about that. So yeah. that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And I am Julie Nicholson, and my husband is on staff in pastoral care, and my uh, main area of service is group recovery. Um, so Julie and I, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but SHIFT is um, our basically grief share for kids third grade through high school. And Julie and I got to work a lot together on that. It was her brainchild with uh, Lynette week. So um, we didn't really talk about if we were going to share stories about any of our hard things, but... Uh, we might have time. We might. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. Okay. So maybe question and answer if y'all care. Um... So I just, whenever I was thinking through, just as Julie and I talked, I was like, I think these these four big things I put at the beginning, I think are things that if you can yourself keep these things in mind, anytime anything hard truthfully enters your own life, but then enters um, your kids' worlds, I think this helps keep your foundation from being shaken. And so we like to say a lot around here is if you're... Um, when the storms come, as long as your anchor's in the right place, you're going to be fine. And you know that God has this. And so it's not easy when it comes to remember, but that's when we have to always take ourselves back to that. So hard things are a part of everyone's story. So I'm assuming we could easily go around. <laughs> Everyone can say I've had at least one really hard thing in my life. We're all old enough for that. And But I think that when we can remember what John 16:3 says, that, hey, you're going to have trouble, but with me you have peace and I've overcome this. And so... Again, just standing on those um, firm words. And then the main goal when your kids have stuff is to help them learn to trust the Lord. So I think that's, we as humans want to just get through the pain and we want to fix it. And it's like, hey, the reason God allows the hard things in is for us to have to be dependent on him. And so if we can remember like, hey, this is the thing coming into your world is to actually help you learn that God is trustworthy and who he is. And so I think, again, that's another anchoring point to just go, hey, this is this is a huge opportunity for them to get to learn God really is who he says he is. And so my job in helping a child through hard things is to go, hey, I've got to teach them who God is and like his character and then what his word says so that they have those things to loop a hold of and to be grounded. And so Isaiah 54, 10, just for the mountains may be moved and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you and my covenant peace will not be shaken. And I think even in my own life, I'm like, anytime something hard's come, I'm like, if I really believe that, I'll be okay. Like, my heart will be at peace if I can stay in that. And then Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's nothing that's going to come into your kid's world that is any different than what Jesus knew before, knows today, and will know tomorrow. So he can handle all of it. And then your trust in the Lord is a huge, big factor. I wrote on there, but huge, whichever word you want to use. Um, I think that's... Uh, you know, talk, when I talk to parents, it's like, it's so much harder. If it was happening to me, this would not be as hard. <laughs> if it was just, like, can I take it from them and make it easier? And so I think even you remembering, okay, I have to trust the Lord because my kid's watching me. So even the words that come out of my mouth about the Lord or about the circumstance will matter in what shapes how they see the circumstance. And so your kids are watching um, you and how you deal with hard things and so I think remembering that so just to walk healthy teach healthy and then deal with your own baggage I think um 
quite a few of the conversations I'll have with parents is when the words are coming out of their mouth about the hard things about their kids, it's their own past circumstances or their own feeling about that thing. And I'm like, hey, be super careful that you've dealt with your stuff so that you're not handing them, well, of course, if you have to deal with this thing, whatever it is from not getting chosen for a sports team or best friend moving or grandma dying, like, if you just hand them like, how you felt about it, then they're going, oh, wow. May, oh, I guess I have to feel that way mm-hmm. instead of going, oh, wait, how do they feel about it? They may just feel really differently than you would about it. Our personalities and care, I mean, who we are plays a huge factor in like how we see things. So um, just First Corinthians 11, 1, be in terms of me just as I am of Christ. So again, running after um, Jesus and he trusted his father with you know, the greatest examples in the garden. The hardest thing he said, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. I think if we can have that in our own lives, as Christ did, our kids will go, okay, whatever God has for me. And then if you direct your kids onto the right path when they're older, they will not leave it. And so the hard things in your kids' lives, remembering back in that thing as part of their story, learning to trust the Lord, the things they get when they're little is what's anchoring them for all those other hard things that will come. So um, it's also a good help to remember. And then God has a plan for the pain, which I think that's, uh, for me, sometimes really hard because Again, our natural nature is to run from pain, avoid pain, fix it as quickly as we can. Instead of going, hey, you can see in scripture all the hard things were meant to change people. And in your own life, once you're past it, our 2020 vision backwards is always super helpful to go, oh, God had something for this. And so I think keeping that, yeah, bud, um, keeping, you know, a remember, hey, he has this and he knows. But then on the flip side, The enemy also has a plan for the pain. So just when you look at, I think Job is a a great example that Job was like, hey, I know I can do something that will make him turn from you. And so that's always the enemy's goal is to say, hey, God's not enough. In the garden, that's what it was. Hey, God's not enough. He's not trustworthy. You can do this better. It's, you know, your plan will work better. And so that's always also, you have that voice in your kids' lives. So it's their flesh and the enemy that's going, hey, I can pull him away from him or her, your child away from the Lord. So um, there's a lot of verses there. I, I know y'all can read, so I don't have to read all those. But um, I think 2 Corinthians 12, 9 is, is maybe. It's the one I have that's on my mirror that won't ever go away because I think remembering that any time hard things come, any time I can't do it, is exactly where God wants me to be, which is you can and I can't. And so his grace is sufficient. So that's kind of the when we were talking, this just kind of for anchoring, like, if you can get that foundation in your own heart and mind and then helping your kids build that same foundation through hard things, it's super, super helpful. So I'm going to pause. Did I miss anything? Do y'all want to ask questions at the end or do you want to ask questions now? Because I can go through the practical thing. Great. Okay. I just don't want to be a talking head and y'all are like, What? <laughs> Um, not interrupt. Yes, feel free, because we have lots of of space. Um, Okay, so practical to-dos. These are in no particular order. I was like, oh, I wanted to be in a great order, but there's just not. So I have a question before you get to the practical. Yes. What are typical hard things that kids go through? Oh, so many. Um, I'm not sure we have that much. Right, yeah. So the things that um, it can be anything from, I mean, Here's a lot of the typical phone calls I get. There's a lot of, I don't fit. And so I think you have kids who are different. So the boys who don't just want to, like, don't really care about the sports or 
They, you know, so you have the kids whose personalities don't necessarily fit what the world would say is your typical mold. I think that creates a ton of anxiety in kids. Um, I think you have, you know, the, the hard things of there's a new sibling, we moved, grandma died, um, friend so moved. friend moves, so just mm-hmm. life circumstances that are not in their control, which I guess typically hard is not in your control. Um, and then there's, you know, friends at school who are mean, don't, you didn't get picked for the one you wanted to, you didn't get the teacher you wanted. Um, Awareness of germs. We've, oh, okay. Yes. Hard hard. So some, yes. Uh, yes. Pers- some personality. Um, so else? what I would consider hard is not necessarily some of those things, but some yes. of those things are also things I'd be like, oh, you didn't get the teacher you wanted to move on. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, I, and I think we're, again, re- I think it's just that whole remembering that everything that comes in that didn't go the way we wanted it to is something that's to form us, not necessarily mm-hmm. just ignore and go, oh, you're fine. You know? And so validating, and there's such a crazy balance because you, you can see it in our culture, how we went through this time where it was like depression era it was like hey just suck it up like (laughs) pull up your bootstraps and let's go it's not as hard as this and then you had the kind of the other extreme where we got coddled and babied and um everybody gets you know trophy and all that stuff but it's true like you see the swings and I think if somehow we can land in the middle which is hey life is hard and I want to empathize with you and God's trustworthy and his plan is perfect and both of those things can coexist. Like, Jesus didn't look at Mary and Martha and go, quit crying. Like, I'm going to raise him from the dead. Like, just hello. You know, he's like, ah, oh, this is painful because I know they're experiencing pain. And, trust me, I have the answer. You know, so it's just that both and walking thing. And so I think um, validation, I'll talk about that too. But just Perfect. validating That's helpful because I was like it. I was thinking we were only talking about, you know, like death or divorce or like big, big, hard things. No, and I think that's what's so great about these four main topics Mm -hmm. is whatever your child's hard thing is, it's like always go back to the scripture and go back to truth. And um, for example, we have a kid who is anxious about germs. So we have to kind of mix the medical with with God's truth and um, so this is a great kind of sifter of going through the hard things it's very helpful Um, okay so practical to do's which I've kind of already said the first one but tell them who God is lay a deep foundation and keep coming back to the foundation and so remembering God's word doesn't return void and if if you are linking them to him he's the one that's going to make the change in them and so i sometimes it's it's tempting to want to bail because that feels so obvious you know when people go something hard is going on you're like hey trust the lord with all your heart it's like i know and but then you realize i think i went through a phase where i was like quit telling me the things that are so churchy and i was like oh crap that's actually the things that are really true (laughs) you know so you want i think in how we deliver it you don't say it flippantly but i think you do have to keep bringing people back to just the basic truths and so with your kids to not go oh they know but i'm like but it it really is the only answer like you know when people call me about anxiety i'm like at the end of the day your kid has to learn to trust jesus before it being light or dark and before, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, and so I know that sounds laborious because it means you just have to keep walking with them until they get it. Like, And even if it is a situation of loss, um, you know, being able to tell your child God's character is good, you can trust him. I mean, that's kind of self-talk for me too. I mean, I've, I haven't lost a parent yet, 
but I would imagine that I'm going to need that self-talk just as much as they're going to need that with regard to their grandparents. Okay, and then the second one is always be honest. So steer clear of lying to make it easier. Um, you know, we want to protect our kids. Oh, they can't handle it. And uh, sometimes I say th- profound things come out of my mouth, and I get shocked because I'm like, wow, that was really a profound. And I'm like, it's because it's the spirit. I have no idea. I couldn't have said that on my own. But something I keep coming back to is having a conversation with a parent that they're grandparents are going through divorce and mom was like wow but my kid's too young to know that and I said well but God God knew that was going to come into their story when they were five like protecting them from that is actually protecting them from what God was allowing to come into their world and so it and I said it and I was like yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) and I take zero zero credit for half the stuff that comes out of my mouth because I most of the time in my head was like profound where did that come from so um but i think real it's like if if you lie to your kid just like with any lie you're gonna have to get out of it and so it's gonna be a bummer because you start and you're like oh they're young so we can get out at some point but then the kids gonna be like i can't trust you now it also says right below that age appropriate truth so again if you're let's just say your father-in-law goes to a rehab center because they're alcoholics or they go to jail because they killed someone because they were drinking too much or doing hardcore drugs. Okay, so how much you give to a three-year-old obviously will be different than how much you give to an eight-year-old. But you can say, hey, you made some choices that were not good and now he has to have the consequences just like you when you do X, Y, Z. Now, when they're eight and nine, it's like you may need to give them more information because they're going to get it and they will be observant or whatever. So I think it's knowing your kid, what they can handle, and then asking community, which at some point in here I say that too, but just that last line is like seek out people who have been through it and what they did. So I get a lot of phones like, should I take my kid to the funeral? Should I let him go? And it's like, you know, let's talk about your kid's personality. Let's talk about how old they are. Like if they're two, I'm like, well, okay. But if they're, if they're four and they really knew grandma, I'm like, if they don't go, like what, like, what are you worried about? So, again, you kind of go through your kid's personality. You go through your own personality, <laughs> which is what is it that you're fearful of. And so um, all things, I would say, be honest, age appropriate. And then just get help from people. Like how would I wear this? You know, a multitude of minds can help you with the creative ways to help explain it to your kid that's still truthful but maybe on their age and level. Anything? Okay. Um, and then help children define their feelings. This is one, um, sometimes I think I should have been born in a different generation, but they, uh, I think we're surprised that kids come out not knowing how they feel. There's a, some expectation in our mind that they should just know how they feel. <laughs> like if you're crying, you're clearly sad. If you're, and so I think we forget we really literally have to teach them everything. And so, and then some kids, which sounds funny, but it's true. Like they, you know, you assume they know what they're feeling, but I'm like, you really have to help them understand what's there. And you want to be careful to not tell them how they're feeling, but give them, so when they're little, you are like, oh, that was painful, you know, whatever. But then as they grow, like, you're going to have to give them some space to maybe not feel like their emotion may not be matching what they're really feeling. So you have to do some exploration of like, okay, are you mad or are you sad? Because your emotion said you were mad, but I'm surprised you'd be mad. It seems like you'd be more sad. It's like, oh, maybe I am more sad. And even as adults, we're not very good at that. And so we 
you know, one, learning ourselves, and then two, helping other people. So we did give y'all this, and Kyle Kegel will not mind me telling y'all this story because he told it in Pairing on Point and it's recorded somewhere, but we literally give this out in Pairing on Point because when he got married... The feeling sheet. Yes, sorry. The feeling listening. Yes, there's a feeling words page that we gave out that has a whole bunch of feeling words, like kind of a ridiculous amount of them. But he said he literally sat in the counselor's office when they were, this may have been pre-marriage, and the counselor said, hey, like, there's all of these words are feeling. He's like, what? Like, he's like, I had two feelings. I had, <laughs> I had, I scored a touchdown, and I had mad, because, like, his dad had left when he was young. He was like, so I just didn't have this plethora of emotions. And he was like, and so helping define them and helping kids get a broad range of different ways that they're feeling and how to react and respond is super helpful for kids. And so there's also on the back page the faces, too. There's two different ones, um, again, that can help kids define and, you know, relate towards. So, you know, those counselor people that come into class at school and do all those face things. Um, so could probably benefit from this, too. That's why I threw Kyle under the bus. So then, <laughs> it could be anyone. Um, and then... Help them learn appropriate ways to express their feelings. So, again, you want to validate, like, hey, it looks like you're sad about that. It's great. Now let's figure out great ways to express that. And so I think that's where a lot of us, all humans, go turn south. It's like we have the feeling, which is legit, and the Lord made us with these, but then what we do with them is what is our downfall. Because then we, you know, as kids and sometimes adults, well, we just hit the person because we're mad at it. And it's like, well, let's find a different way to you know, talk about that. So helping kids, here's some options for you. And I think that's a, a big thing is being creative. And knowing, hey, if you're angry and you want to punch something, like there's pillows there, you know, let's get you a punching bag if you're a really angry kid. I mean, there's just different people have different, I'm sure you've seen that in your own kids. Like, wow, you, you have a certain anger thing and yours is so different. <laughs> and so I'm like, expecting that. And so just, again, walking kids through options and that whole training that you're going to do forever and ever. Um, crying is okay. I feel like I have to say that because lots of people think crying is not okay. Um, God made us that way. And it, there's, there's a release in tears that I don't really, someday I'm going to ask him, why did you make it work that way? Um, but if he's collecting our tears, I have to think he is. Assume we're going to have them and that he cares about them. So letting it be okay. And again, I think there's a, a different kids. There's some that you need to just like help them know it's okay to cry. And then there's other ones you're going to have to help go, okay, we can not be so overdramatic. Let's, you know, let's cry all those a little bit. Um, and then the next one, always answer the question they ask. Don't feel like you have to give more information. I debated putting that up under the honest one. But I think if a kid says, um, why aren't, you know, grandma and grandpa living together anymore? Um, let's say grandpa had an affair. Well, that's not what your kid asked. The kid didn't ask necessarily, well, why did they divorce? Or why are they not, you know, why aren't? So you don't have to give them everything. And so it's okay to just answer the question that they ask. There will be times you may need to give them more, knowing they may run with more if you don't give it to them. Does that make sense? So kids' imagination. So again, kind of going, okay, what is my kid like? And so if I say, you know, he made a poor choice, then if he just kind of looks at you and then starts having nightmares, it's like, oh, he may be making up the poor choice. <laughs> I may need to give more information to the to the poor choice. So, um, and then make space to 
to ask them questions and to listen and let them ask questions should also say at the end of that. And so I tell parents a lot. After the emotional thing, whatever it is, whatever the hard thing is, find time a couple days later, a week later, but make space where kids can just talk to you. And so it might be spending a little longer with them at night. It might be in the car. Now that the emotion is kind of pulled up, like they're kind of calmed down about it, like bringing it back up or just, hey, let's talk about what happened or how you feel, you know, asking. So giving kids space to talk, super important. And when they're little, that is one of the things where you go, you know, they may or may not, but then you'll be really happy later when they're 11 and 15 and 18 that you've created that space for kids to know. Mom's going to be there for me to, like, ask questions because I've, I've watched her do that with me just to come back. So making that space for them is really good. Um, ask open-ended questions and then also, like I said, give them options. So, hey, what do you think you're feeling? Not necessarily telling them. So, or how did you feel about you know, grandma dying, or do you think about grandma very often? What do you think about her? Like, so giving them, you know, and sometimes you're like, I know what they're going to say, but I would still say the practice of asking the questions, letting kid answer will benefit you later on in life. Um, remember that it takes time, and I think this is probably maybe the hardest one in the practical to-dos. Um, under that, you'll see it says grief is a process. It can come back. It's not a one and done. All people grieve differently, and it's not a time deal. Just grief is a weird thing, and um, I don't know how many of y'all have any kind of counseling, whatever, in your world and um, books you read, but we latch on to that dying thing by, Elizabeth yes, and so it's the reason, it's, so it's that whole DABDA thing, which is denial, anger, or whatever. That's actually for the person who's dying, what they go through. But we put it on people who are grieving and go, oh, they're going to follow these steps. And then they'll get to acceptance. Yes, and it's great. And that's going to take 2.7 months. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's not going to. Mm -hmm. So um, to remember grief is a really bizarre thing, and this is good for yourself and for, obviously, for your kids. But um, we, you could go, I mean, and you have denial, except all that happens in grief, but it doesn't necessarily fall in exact order, and it doesn't, it comes back, and it, you know, and kids, you, one day you're like, why did my kid just explode? And you're like, that's so weird, and then it dawns on you, oh, it's their birthday, and grandma typically, whatever, and they may not even know that's why, and so then it's, okay, let me, are you sad that grandma did, oh, yeah, okay, you know, and so it's helping them make connections to you, and just, and a lot of this, y'all, is praying for the Holy Spirit's wisdom <laughs> to just drop things in your mind for your kids of, could this be happening today? Or, oh, thank you for reminding me that X is happening or whatever. So, um, but. Well, and it's an okay realization that um, if your child lost someone significant when they were eight, that fast forward to senior in high school, that some of that emotion is going to come back because that person's not going to be at graduation. Um, that person is then not going to be at college graduation. That person is then not going to be at wedding, at first child born, and all those things. And you just kind of ride out the grief waves. And um, especially with children, it just kind of seems to keep going. But you learn to, you learn to live with it. Uh, and then kids could regress. It's just the last thing on this one is uh, a you know six year old who you know, if mom dies, brother dies, grandma, whatever, you'll see you'll potentially see some regressing back into some younger behaviors, and that's a coping. I don't know what to do, mm -hmm. and so it's 
it's a cry for help in a way, and they don't even realize they're doing it either. So um, do not be shocked by that. So, okay, that was like a run through. I'm going to tell you what you have here, just so you have all the pieces um, of what we have. And then, uh, yes, I just looked at the clock to make sure it's okay. Um, okay, so activities to help hurting kids. This, we just grabbed a handful of things that uh, they do in shift with the kids, and this is just some practical ways to, honestly, it's to dialogue with your kids <laughs> to get some conversations going. And it's really not, it doesn't have to be for grief. I mean, it can be for any of these hard things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one, and these I think are pretty self-explanatory. I read through them to make sure they like worked for y'all, but flower pots is the first one. And so having kids decorate flower pot and you want them to have lots of decoration on it because it's easier to put them back together mm -hmm. when it's over. Mm -hmm. And so, but then you just put it in a paper bag and let them drop it onto a hard ground. This one looks like it just broke in pieces, yeah. which that's pretty rare. I mean, they usually break in lots of different pieces and there's lots of holes and um, this was in an abandoned pot, but um, it, it's a great reminder for kids that uh, we are broken, that God uses us in our brokenness, so that can really apply to grief or any hard situation. Um, so watercolor cards is that website is really cool. God made all of our tears different, which is super crazy. And so the kind of tears that come out of your body when you cry at different times look different under a microscope. It's the weirdest, coolest thing ever. And Happy so tears look different than tears of pain. So amazing that God would do that. Um, so it's really fun to pull up and for kids to look at it because yeah. they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, God knows. And if he's collecting them, I'm kind of like, so are, do you put different kinds in different jars? I don't know. Because <laughs> they look cooler. Um, and will we have, like, tell us, tell us, what's that called? When you look through a microscope. microscope. Will we have microscopic vision in heaven? Because how cool would that be? Okay, sorry. Totally digress. Um so what they do is they watercolor and then you sprinkle salt because it sucks the water into it and so it creates a cool design on the paper and so just talking to kids about tears and how God cares about those. Mm -hmm. Support chain, just like your Christmas chain, countdown chains, but putting people who support you in your life and then also you could do one um, with God's truth too of things that hold us together. Uh, the water balloon one is super fun. So, uh, you know, those the genius person who made the water balloons that hook on your water hose and they yeah. fill up oh, amazing wish I'd have thought of it um, <laughs> wouldn't still be working here okay so <laughs> I didn't say that I still would be um, yeah and then anyway but making a target and then letting them throw them and then I and again that's a time you can talk with kids because it's funny how when you're letting them get out aggression you get more information so letting them uh, do that and then just talking about different ways that we can express our anger. <clears throat> and in there, did we say, uh, yeah, socks. Mm -hmm. um, so for super little kids who don't want the mess of snowballs or water balloons, you can ball up their socks and get a target and say, okay, knock yourself out with that target. I mean, we've done that with Shift when it's been raining. We have lots of socks in there. <laughs> for the snowballs, are they talking about a snow gun? You can buy snowballs at Bahama Bucks. They'll like give you it. Just with ice. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay, and so they're just saying throw it at a target. Okay. Yeah. So they use them pretty soon after you get them. Yes, because they get ice hard. <laughs> they're they're ice okay. They are really fun. 
Um, feelings check. Um, and this is a, you put a clothesline and have kids draw faces and then they can talk about which one they're feeling that day. Or and you can use these illustrations in the back if you want to. Yeah. Um, a fear shield. And so creating a piece of cardboard, letting kids write down verses and then taping them on the um, shield just for them to remind that God's truth is what protects us. And if you look up do not fear in scripture, there's like this crazy number of verses that God says do not fear. So it's pretty awesome. Um, okay, so book resources, uh, full confession. There's This is about the only one that's centered on Jesus um, and God's word. So this was written by Judy Wimberly. It's just down the hall. Mm-hmm. And it is a book um, by a little boy named Jack and just who helps him through hard things. And so it's a really sweet book. Uh, it is $10 on Amazon. And I also have them here for $10 if you want to buy them for me. Oh, uh, it's the Jack book by Judy Wimberly. You're oh. selling them right now? Huh? $10. I have, I have right. some. Um, and then, I Miss You, A First Look at Death, Pat Thomas, and then Since My Brother Died, Marisol, mm-hmm, somebody. Um, and then, What Do I Tell My Children, the Nebraska Medical Center, and the link is there. So these are just some ones that are good and that believers have read and said they're not heretical or whatever and can't help, but this is the only one that I can tell you that's, has anything to do about Jesus, and then Julie Nicholson's going to write one, and we'll let you know when that one comes out. <laughs> well, and these three books are more about death. The Jack book, I would say, is more broad. Yes, overall. Um, sad. So yes. as you're looking at that. It's good. Okay, and then the, very, the back page just shift and what it is, age, when it happens, and that kind of, so just information for if you ever, and that is, uh, shift is for death, so if they've lost a loved one is what shift is for. So not just for sad things, but for hard things. So, okay.